All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are, as always, as always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and yet another chance to get our acts together. Today is November 10th, 2022 and week 197. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Mist of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. If you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, it says shut out or shut in. And we're going to be taking a deep dive and see what that says in the scripture. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. As usual, let us go into a word of prayer. Um, if you guys have an opportunity to pause, uh, we do encourage you to bow your heads with us. Gracious Lord, thank you for this this chance that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for this life, uh, for our health, for uh, whatever measure of strength that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for um, the things that we sometimes, uh, that seem small to us, Lord, the small things in life will help us to just continue to recognize that the small things in life are actually pretty big things. Um, and if you took some of those same very things away from us, Lord, uh, our lives would drastically be different. So, Lord, thank you for how you protected us, how you washed over us, how you kept us, Lord. No matter what happens to us in this life, help us, Lord, to remember that there is still a reason to have joy in the midst of every single storm. Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight. We're praying uh, that your word would go forth and only your word, Lord, that you would increase and that we would all decrease. Lord, we're praying that you would just uh, continue to fill us with knowledge, to fill us with wisdom, understanding, Lord. Just continue to fill us with your truth, uh, Lord. Just continue to lead and guide us, Lord, in the direction that we need to go. And Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your magnificent name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. So shut out or shut in. I, I want to, my mind went to this um, coming from the book of Revelation chapter three. And so Revelation chapter three and verse seven, we'll pick that up. Um, but this this stems from, uh, well, I'll say this first. You know, God, and we, we did so many Bible studies uh, up until this point, and it's the exact same message, whether we talk about the same thing uh, specifically or not. The same message is salvation. The same message is uh, God wanting a better life for us, uh, him wanting the best things in this life for us. That message has not changed. That message will not change no matter how many more Bible says we do, whether it's one or 50 or a thousand, you know, the message is God, he's, he came to bring us life and that more abundantly. And so every day, that's what we should be seeking. We should be seeking that life that God uh, saw fit for us to have. And so um, picking it up here in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter three, read that for us, Melvin, and, and we'll get into what we're talking about tonight. Revelation chapter three and verse seven. 
And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. If God opens a door for you, nobody can shut it. But if he closes a door for you, Nobody can open it. You know, there are things that we pray for in life and we're asking God to do them for us. And um, at one point or another, God will tell us all no to some things. Uh, there are some things he will tell us yes to. Um, and so if God says yes to you, it does not matter if someone else says no. It does not matter if someone else uh, doesn't want that thing to happen. We can think about the children of Israel and how Pharaoh, he was saying no. He did not want God's people to leave Egypt. Uh, he wanted them to continue to be his servants and slaves. But God had already said yes. He had already opened the door for them to leave. And so Pharaoh could not shut that door, no matter how hard he tried. You know, that's something we have to realize as being people of God. If God has, you know, people say, what God has for me, it is for me. If he has something for you, it doesn't matter who tries to fight it. It doesn't matter uh, about uh, the government or, or uh, the military or the police department or the school district, you know, I'm just throwing out anybody out there, your enemies, none of it matters if God says otherwise. And so once we develop this level of confidence in him, once we develop this level of faith in him, the sky's the limit. Um, we'll see more and more. And so I wanted to deal with this, though, from a salvation standpoint, because Unfortunately, what I see is we're missing some opportunities that God is presenting to us. You know, it's a terrible thing for us to miss um, some golden opportunities. Um, and we know things are designed around time. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes if we wait too late, we miss our chance. Uh, oftentimes, I always bring up about people in high school and how a lot of times a guy might like a, a lady and uh, she she wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> but after some years pass and they remove themselves from that situation, years and years down the line, uh, she might come around and actually find herself liking that guy. But now he's moved on. He has a family. He's married. He has children, whatever the case, and, and it happens uh, vice versa as well. But I said that because oftentimes we miss opportunities when we have them. And the most important opportunity we have in this life is to be saved. And unfortunately, so many of us are putting salvation on the back burner. You know, God told Ezekiel, he told him to go down and prophesy unto the people, go down and tell them. 
And God told them, whether they listen to you or not, go down and tell them. Whether they listen or not. God already knew some people would miss out on the opportunity to be saved. This is where we are tonight. People are missing out on the opportunity. So he said here in Revelation 3 and 7, he said, if he opened it, no man can shut it. See, there's a door open right now tonight for you to be saved. There's a door open. But I'm trying to make you aware of the fact that at a certain point, which I cannot tell you exactly when that point is, but at a certain point, your door will be closed. Your window of opportunity will pass you by. You know, uh, people, and I grew up loving sports dearly. And so if a person knows anything about sports, you have a certain age, a certain uh, time period where you're going to be at your peak. Uh, if a person plays basketball, they're going to be at their peak during a certain age range. It doesn't matter what sport it is. You can pick baseball, soccer. There is a certain age where you're going to be your best. And after you pass that age, after you get so far removed from that age, I know you can pick an outlier here and there. But after a certain point, you're going to become too old to be able to keep up. You will not be able to do those same things anymore. As we age, people in life often talk about how you know, uh, when they were younger, you know, they used to be able to do this and do that. But now after they've gotten older, now they say, man, I'm, I'm becoming out of breath so much easier. You know, I'm, I'm moving slower. You know, I'm having a harder time hearing. I'm having a harder time seeing. Lots of things begin to change over time. But you know what I realized is God is using these things. He's using our age. He's using uh, our physical uh, strength to get our attention because he's trying to tell you that at a certain moment of your life, the door is going to be shut on you. See, what I'm talking about tonight, it does not only happen at death. This happens even while people are alive. See, your door for salvation can be shut even while you're alive. Don't allow someone to fool you into thinking as long as you're still alive, you have a chance. That's not necessarily true according to the scripture. So I don't want you to become complacent. I don't want you to continue to put off doing exactly the thing God tells you to do because you feel you have time. See, you know, uh, the things that I've even said myself before, being younger, uh, younger then, I was younger then than I am now, of course, uh, but I can recall saying, uh, to people when they would talk to me about getting saved. I'm like, look, I, I've got time. You know, there's things I want to do first before I take God serious, before I really turn my life over to him. But you know what? Young people are saying that, and you know what? Some of the older people are saying a different but similar thing. 
They say, man, I'm already good. I'm already set in my way. Look, God, I'm already safe. But God knows my heart. I've been doing this for 40 years. Why would I change? If God were upset with me, I wouldn't be living such a good life. See, the devil is fooling us. Whether you're young or old, he's fooling you. We know he told us to remember our creator in the days of our youth before we get older. Before we run out of time and the door is shut on you. He said, if he opened it, nobody can shut it. Look, right now, God has opened the door and extended to you an opportunity to be saved. And nobody can shut it. But you. You can let this opportunity slip. I've told us this example before. You know, we'll wake up in the morning knowing we have to go somewhere. The alarm clock will go off. Sometimes we just wake up a little early before the alarm clock even sounds. And we look at the time. We said, man, I got plenty of time. Just a few more minutes. (laughs) Happened so many times. We said, just a few more minutes. I got plenty of time. And somehow, a little slumber, a little sleep, way more time passes than what we expect. And now you wake up (laughs) and we're behind time. Now we're late. Now we're rushing, trying to make ourselves ready, trying to get up out of the bed, trying to put our, uh, wash our face, trying to put our shirt on, whatever it is we have to do to get ready. But now too much time has passed. Now we're in trouble. See, this is happening to so many people of God. We're waiting. We're thinking we have time. But before we know it, God's going to shut that door on you. I'm trying to warn you because I don't want to see this happen to you. But God has already said it in his word. So he said, if he open it, no man can shut it. But if he shut it, no man can open it. Read verse eight for us, Mel. I know thy works. Mm-hmm. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. He said, I've set this before you. God has extended this open door to you. He has extended this to you. But somebody's going to fool you into thinking you have an unlimited amount of time. This thing, look, we're on a time crunch. We are running out of time every day. Look, every day we wake up, uh, and especially now with the time change, depending on where you live, uh, here it's getting dark around five o'clock, a little bit after five now. You got a certain amount of hours. Once that sun, once the sun rises, you have a certain amount of hours to get done whatever you need to get done. The door is closing on you. It is continually closing. God is trying to show us with everything around us that we're on a time limit. That applies to your salvation. I'm trying to, I'm, I wanted to talk about this to help you because I'm, I'm watching as people miss their opportunity. 
to be saved. I'm watching this happen. I'm, I'm pleading with people. I'm trying to talk to this person, trying to talk to that person. And yet, people are putting it on the back burner. There's so many other things that are more important to us right now. So many more things, so many other things that are more important right now. But the door is closing on you. I'm, I want to show you this. Pick up the book of Rev, uh, excuse me, Matthew 25. Story many of us have read before. Matthew 25 and verse 1. I'm trying to show you this door is shutting. And somebody's going to be caught on the outside looking in. And it's going to be too late for you. If you don't wake up, Paul said, it's high time, time to wake out of our sleep. If you don't wake up now, it's going to be too late. I know there's things we want to accomplish. We want to get a house. We want to get this new job. We want to get that. We want to get this. But make sure the most important thing you set in order, your soul with God, this is the most important thing. Look, people are working on their retirement. That's nice. That is nice. People are planning, you know, to, to check off things on their bucket list. That's nice. But make sure you have did what God has wanted you to do to be saved. Make sure you've been baptized in Jesus' name. Make sure you've received the Holy Ghost. Make sure you're walking in the truth every day. This is what we're up against. So pick us up, Melvin. Matthew 25 and verse 1. Okay, I just want to read these few comments. Casey says, praise the Lord, brothers and everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening. God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in. Praise the Lord to you as well. Sister Rosie also says, praise the Lord. And um, Kiara is tagging a bunch of people trying to get the word spread. So thanks to each one of you. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now what he's explaining to us, now this is Jesus, red letters. Uh, this is Jesus talking. What he's explaining to us is what the church is like. The church is in this condition. He compares the people in the church to ten virgins. These people who are trying to meet and be with God. Read for us, man. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now look around the church today. I don't care which church you pick. I don't care <laughs> which church you pick. Look around the church and find you'll have some people, some wise people in there, some foolish people. Some people trying to do right to the best of their ability and some people who are not. I don't care which church you pick, you will find this. In the church, he says, look, it's five wise and five foolish. The Bible tells us the scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. There, there's going to be certain people in the church trying to hold on to exactly what the scripture said. And there's going to be other folks who say, I don't matter all that much. You know, I'm doing this part right, knowing that they're willingly leaving off other parts. 
This go this is going on in the church. I'm trying to show you that the door is going to be shut and somebody's not going to be saved in the church. You know, we think people in the church, every time somebody in the church dies, we say, man, they died and now they're with the Lord. They went on into glory. They gained their wings. I hear Melvin saying that. <laughs> they gained their wings. They're now spending eternity with God. But you know, they're doing that if they were wise, if they were holding on to the truth. If God felt they did everything they needed to do. But he pointed out here, there's five wise and five foolish. This is just a parable to show us what the church is like. Read for us, man. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. The foolish people in the church, people who want to be saved, but they're not willing to do what it takes. Don't want to receive the word. Don't want to follow the word. Don't want to be baptized. Don't want to receive the Holy Ghost. Don't want to forgive. Don't want to do all the things that he said in the word. Missing out on their opportunities, saying, you know what, I'll do it. Just not right now. I'm not ready right now. <laughs> a lot of times people say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to come to the church. I'm going to get in a Bible study, but let me get myself ready first. You know, I, there's a few things I need to do first so I can make myself ready. I, I, I want to straighten up a few things first. No, this is where you straighten up. This is where you become well. This is the doctor office. This is the emergency room. That's what the church is, for you to come and be healed of whatever sins, whatever problems are going on. That's what the church is for. But we have it backwards. We think we're going to get right before we come. <laughs> and the devil knows the door is going to be shut on you. He knows that. He said, look, just keep on trying to get yourself right before you go to God. Keep on trying. It'll never happen. And the door will be shut on you. So five wise and five foolish. The foolish. Now, he used a lamp here. The Bible said, let your light so shine. You know, without oil in a lamp, the light cannot shine. Without the word of God, without the Holy Ghost, without doing what he said. There's no way for that light to shine. That was the problem here. They are not fulfilling the will of God. They're in the church. They're hanging around this thing. They're in Bible study from time to time. They're in church from time to time. But they're foolish. They're still doing stuff God said not to do. And they know it. The door's about to be shut. I'm trying to warn you because these are the things God's been putting on my heart for I don't know how long now. He's trying to warn his people because something's going to transpire. I don't know what it is. He didn't tell me. But something is going to transpire. Somebody's going to miss their opportunity to be saved. But it's not his will. It's what they wanted. See, God is letting you make your own choice. Look, you don't have to try to persuade Tony. 
Tony, I think that's crazy. Why would I do this? Why would I do that? You know, it's not fun. This, that, and the other. You don't have to persuade Tony. Do whatever you wish. If you don't want to live right, go ahead and do it. The scripture already talks about you. Five wise and five foolish. It's foolish to not do what God says and think you're still going to be saved. That is foolish. But these people took no oil with them. They didn't take the word of God. They didn't hold on to his word. We should be taking the word of God with us everywhere we go. We should be taking the spirit of God. You know, people walking around talking about their pleading the blood of Jesus. You wouldn't have to plead the blood if you had the blood already covering you. This is why we need to be doing all the things that God told us to do. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you from saying that. If you want to say that, by all means, say it. But I'm telling you, make sure you're covered by the blood, baptized in the name of Jesus. Make sure you have his spirit with you everywhere you go, filled with the Holy Ghost. And make sure you're following his word. That's what these people did not do. They're in the church, though. See, this is a sad thing. They're in the church. He said the kingdom of heaven is like this. The church is like this. We've entered into God's kingdom when we get in the church. This is what the church is like. So five foolish. Pick up verse five for us, Mel. Uh, Or pick up verse four. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. The people who were wise, the goody (laughs) two-shoes. The people who took it too serious. The people who, man, they looking too deep into it. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. All you have to do is just confess Jesus with your mouth. Those people who really dedicated themselves to God, these people let their light shine. They were sincere. See, there's only going to be a few people in the church doing right. Don't go into these places thinking everybody's living right. He, he tells us in the word, it's five wise and five foolish. He says, going to be some there doing it, doing what I said, and some doing what God said not to do. This is going on in the church. But somebody is going to get shut out. They're going to miss their opportunity. You'll see it read for us, Mel. While the bridegroom tarried, they While all slumbered. Jesus waited. While Jesus waited, he is the bridegroom. We are the bride of Christ. While Jesus waited, he is long-suffering. He's being patient. He is waiting and hoping somebody would change their mind. You know, sometimes we're, we wait on people. Sometimes people get in a bad relationship, uh, and they're just waiting and thinking, man, Man, maybe he's going to do right. Maybe he's going to change. They're waiting, and they wait one year. Well, maybe, you know, we, we're a year in this thing now. We got kids, and we got this, and we got a house. Maybe he'll do right. And they just keep waiting. And that fellow is the same fellow he was. <laughs> Sadly, he the, same, he the same old rascal that he was the first year. 
He's not going to change. He does not desire to change. Sometimes we're hoping people change and they're showing us day in and day out. This is who I am. And this is who I want to be. Sad, it's sad, but true. And all we can do is keep hoping and praying that God will change people's mind. But they have to be willing. That's the thing. If they're going to continue to be foolish, that's how they're going to die. If they desire to continue to be foolish. But our hope and prayer is that somebody will wake up and become wise and change their life. But this is going on in the church. So Jesus is waiting. Read for us, Mel. They all slumbered and slept. Mm-hmm. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye now, out to meet him. Now, glory be to God. Now is time for the marriage. Now is time for the church to forever be with the Lord. Now is time for this. Read for us, Mary. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And, mm-hmm. the, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Now that the situation that they're in trouble. Now they're trying to be saved. You know, I'm trying to show you this. You cannot wait too late. But we're thinking we have so much time. Now they find out, oh, he's on his way. Let me get myself together. Let me prepare myself. Let me get right. People are missing out on God every day, turning down the opportunity to hear the word, turning down the opportunity to be in Bible studies, turning down the opportunity to be, to be baptized, turning down the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost, turning down the opportunity to just discuss the word of God. But everything else we have time for. Look, there's a new movie coming out. Right? Man, I want to see that new movie. <laughs> Man, my friends are going to this event. The so-and-so's getting married. We got to go to that. I've got friends, they're having a baby. I got to go see the baby. We're getting this new house. I want to go see their house. So many events are taking place. We're going on a trip, going on a cruise. So many events are taking place. Christmas time is coming up. We're going to visit our family for Christmas. These are some nice things. These are some nice things. Look, they're doing, they're doing lights at the zoo. I want to go see the lights. My God, we're... We're making time for so many things. But the thing we're putting on the back burner is being saved. We're neglecting to put that oil in our lamps. We know we need it. We know we need this. We've been told time and time again. But we say, I've got time. I'll wait. But little do we know, the door is about to be shut on you. See, watch this parable closely as the door is going to be shut. Pick up verse 7, Neil. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. 
remember there were 10. There were 10 who were preparing themselves to meet the Lord. All of them arose and said, man, this is it's time now. It's time to meet him, to be with him. Read for us, Mel. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. They did not have what they needed. They did not make themselves ready because they put it off. So now they said, look, help us out. Give us some oil. We're trying to be saved too. We, we want the same thing. You might desire to be saved, but you put it off. You waited too late. If you truly desire, if it were the most important thing, see, look, God wants to be the most important thing to you. If you feel that God is secondary, he comes behind your marriage. He comes behind your job. He comes behind your career. He comes behind what you want. The Bible tells us he's a jealous God. And you know, quite frankly, I would be too if I were in his position. If I know I've given everything to you, but you still put everything else above me, I would feel the exact same way. So now it's showtime. Now it's time to meet him. But the foolish people who knew, they knew they needed oil in their lamp. They knew they needed to do what God said, but they waited too late. Now that he's approaching, now that he's coming, they're scrambling, trying to run like we are, like we do when we hit snooze one too many times. Now we get up, we're running around. We're sweating, trying to, trying to make up for lost time. This is where they found themselves. But the door is going to be shut. Read for us, man. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Mm -hmm. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was mm -hmm. shut. The door, hallelujah, the door was shut. He intentionally shut this door. God knew they were not ready. He knew they were not ready, but he had given them time. See, God knows right now the condition that we sit in, every last one of us, we say he knows our heart. You are 100% right. He does know your heart. And a lot of us know, man, I'm not ready. We know if we have to stand before God right now tonight, we know God would be disappointed in us. So he gave them time. But now he said, man, this time, their time is up. I'm coming. And while they were going to make themselves ready, trying to get ready, he said, it's too late. And the door was shut. We just read Jesus say in the book of Revelation, he said, look, if I open the door, no man can shut it. You know, there are people who try to tell uh, different groups and, and um, different ethnicities and different races that they can't be saved. Look, 
God wants everybody to be saved. He has opened this door to you. Certain groups feel only this, this group of people can be saved. God knows everybody can be saved. He's opened this door for you. Nobody can shut it. So now he has come. And the foolish people were not ready. And the door was shut. This is their opportunity to be saved. They're in the church. They've confessed the Lord Jesus. They're in the church now. Watch this close. For us who think everybody in the church is going to be saved. Not so. Read for us, Miller. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. My God, open the door back. We want to be saved. He said, not all. Jesus told us in another place, not all that said unto me, Lord, Lord. Hallelujah. Shall be saved. They said, Lord, Lord. Jesus told us, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. He said, they won't all be saved. Not everyone in the church. Because not a lot of people in the church are just as foolish as they were in the world. Doing the same foolish stuff. We have not changed. Still haven't learned how to talk to one another. Still haven't learned how to love one another. Still haven't learned how to deny ourselves for someone else. It's still always about what we want. He said, love one another as I've loved you. He said, by this, all men shall know that ye are my disciples. If you have love one for another, people can't even see us have love for each other. So he comes back, and they are not ready. Read verse 11 for us again, Mel. Read that one again for us. Afterward came also the other versions, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Those that were ready, hallelujah, went with him. But those who were not ready, they were left behind. There's a movie called Left Behind. They were left behind. And the door was shut on them. You know, if he shut the door on you, how can you be saved? He said, if I shut it, no man can open it. How can you be saved now? It's impossible. Somebody has missed their opportunity to be saved. All because they felt they had a time. They had some things they wanted to accomplish first. Read what happened next, Melvin. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Wow. People in the church now. He said the kingdom of heaven is likened unto this five wise and five foolish. But the foolish people in the church, he's going to come to them and say, look, I know you're not. They're saying, Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, I'm ready to do right. Lord, you, you know my heart. I'm ready now. He said, look, I know you're not. Depart from me. He told us in another place, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you're not. The door has been shut. So that's why we're talking about being shut out or shut in. 
But whichever side you're on, the door is going to be shut. If you end up being saved, but we'll forever be with him. You're shut in. He's going to keep you on that side. He's going to keep you on that side. If you end up being lost, you're going to forever be shut out. See, this is serious stuff we're dealing with. This is way more serious than any of the problems that we're having in our lives. Because I assure you, if we die and go to hell, we will not be thinking about, Lord, man, I wish I had enough money to pay my light bill. The light bill won't matter to you anymore. None of those things will matter to us. This is the most important thing. I don't want you to be shut out. These people, they did not allow their light to shine. So now they're shut out. Read that uh, verse 13 for us now. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. He said, be careful. Take heed to yourselves. Watch out. Because you don't know when you're going to be shut out. You don't know when your last opportunity to be saved is. God is extending an open door to you, an open invitation to you to be saved. But every day we're turning it down, day after day. But when did we first learn about the things that God wants us to be doing? When did you first learn about this? I don't even know what age I was. I was very young when I could even remember hearing the things that God wanted me to do. And for so long, I rejected it. But you know what would have happened if I continued to reject? If I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. He would have shut the door on me. There's some people out there that God has shut the door on them. Even while they're still alive. See, you don't want to fall into this category. The Bible tells us it is a dangerous thing to fall in the hands of a living God. You're alive. And yet you cannot even be saved. This is a dangerous thing. I can't say exactly when that point is for each individual. When God decides to hand you over to a reprobate mind, found in the book of Romans chapter one, around the end of that chapter. This is our time right now to be saved. Don't miss your opportunity. I want to show one other thing. And please, Melvin, if we get any questions, I don't want to miss those questions. Um, But I do want to run over to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, chapter 7. Genesis, chapter 7. And we are familiar, most of us at least, are familiar, and if you're not familiar, that's okay too. Um, that that's why we're here, is to learn new things. But God, there was a flood. Um, God told Noah he was going to uh, 
destroy the entire world. And he told him to take uh, every living creature, uh, creeping things, things that fly in the air, the fowls of the air, um, all the clean animals that he uh, that God deemed clean. Uh, he would take seven, seven of each and all the unclean animals. He took two, male and female. So I'm certain that there were a lot of animals, a lot of uh, a lot of creatures, a lot of insects, a lot of everything on this ark. And eight people. Noah, his wife, three sons, which makes five, and their three wives, which makes eight. So now I'm I'm coming here because I want to show you something. The entire world was covered with water. The mountains, whatever the tallest land form there is, which we know to be mountains. Water even covered the mountains. Water water covered everything on the earth. And so the only way for Noah and his family to survive, God had to protect them. God had to watch out over them. And so we're still serving the same God. But I want to read just a few things here before my time is up. But Pick up verse 1 here for us, man. Genesis 7 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Pick up verse 4. So God has told Noah this. Now, a lot of time has passed. Uh, people believe it had been 120 years since God first told Noah that there was going to be a flood. You know, God does this very often, all the time, actually. He will tell you something. But a lot of times what he tells you, what he tells us, it does not come to pass immediately. And so over the course of that time, a lot of us start to have doubt. We start to wonder, did he even say it? Is it really going to take place? But he's testing us in these moments. So now there's only seven days left. Went from about 100 years, 120 years to seven days left. Pick us up in verse four, Mel. Genesis seven, verse four. Uh huh. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Mm -hmm. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. God has made him this promise. Now it's coming to pass. See, God has promised us if you just live right, if you just serve him, he's promised you. You can be with him for all of eternity. He's promised you that. But because we haven't seen it, because all we know is pain, all we know is suffering, all we know is grief, all we know is sin, we can't see how. God has such a better life for us on the other side. But I'm trying to warn you, the days are getting short. Your time, see, it might not be the next person's time, but your time is running out. Yours might be today. Theirs might be next week, next month, next year. But your time is running out. Even if you're still alive, your time could already be out. See, we don't want to play with God. 
and take him for granted. God knows when we're taking him for granted. So he tells Noah, look, in seven days, Noah has spent years building this ark. He has spent years telling people about what God is getting ready to do. And the people didn't believe him. Thought he was foolish. (laughs) But little did they know, they were the foolish ones. While Noah was wise. See, it's wise of you to just do exactly what God says. Don't try to uh, be too educated, too wise in your own conceits, the scripture calls it. Noah went to work on the ark. He went to gathering up all the animals. And now, seven days away, God said, it's about to happen. Somebody's door is about to be shut. That's what's happening here. The door is about to be shut on someone. And they're going to be screaming, Lord, Lord, open to us. Lord, open to us. But he's going to respond. I know you're not. Depart from me. So now let's pick them up. Pick them up uh, just for some context. Pick up. Just go ahead and read verse five down to verse six. Just for a little context. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. You know, people don't even believe. People say, man, how they live for 600 years old? People won't believe that. But yeah, we say we, we believe we'll go and live for all of eternity with God. Something doesn't add up there, Mel. <laughs> Something does not add up there. If you feel God could not allow them to live for 600 years, why do you think he can allow you to live for eternity? Something I had no. Let's read email. Verse 7. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Waters began to fall. These people had never seen water. Water falls, and they go into the ark. But now, I came here to show you this. Pick us up, Melvin. I believe I want verse 13. In the selfsame day entered Noah, and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. Mm-hmm. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. I missed something here. Um, Trying to see exactly which verse it's in. We must have passed it. I'm looking for where he said he shut them in. Sixteen. 16, pick up, pick us up in 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God hath commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Look who shut them in. See, you're either shut out or you're shut in. We've talked about this so many times. It's only two sides. 
you're either shut out or you're shut in. You're either saved or you're not saved. There were a lot of people on the earth at this time. I'll show you that. Flip back to Genesis 6 and read verse 1 for us, Melvin. I want to show you a lot of people were on the earth. Don't think it was it was only Noah and his family. That's all the people that were out there. Pick up Genesis 6 and 1. And it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were, were born unto them. People were being born. So many people multiply. Lots of people were in the world at this time. But all those people were shut out. But the scripture told us in Genesis 7 and 16, the Lord shut them in. Once he shuts you in and he shuts them out. Look, I don't care if it's your family member, your friend, your your spouse, your, your, your boss. It does not matter. You cannot open a door for them. You cannot save them. There's a reason Peter told us in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and 39, I believe. He said, look, save yourself from this untoward generation. You can only save you because if God shuts someone out, they're going to be shut out. So I wanted to look at this tonight to encourage you. Don't miss your opportunity. You don't know when God is going to shut you out. You can still live. You, you, hey, if you say, man, I know I got another 20 years. Look, you might be right. But that don't mean you have another 20 years to be saved. Tonight could be your last opportunity. And God said, you know what? If that's what you want, 20 years, I'll give it to you. But you won't be saved. If you want a house that bad, you want a mansion, you want nice cars, you want nice clothes. You want a big family. You want all this stuff, but you don't want to be saved. God said, fine. You can have it. I'll give you exactly what your heart desires. But as far as being saved, you've been shut out. See, you got to be careful. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Don't be shut out in this thing. This is a dangerous thing. Everyone in the world died way back here. In the days of Moses, in the days of Noah, excuse me, only eight people. So shut out or shut in, you know, which one are you finding yourself uh, in, in this condition tonight? If you are unsure, this is the time where God is trying to put this on your heart, put this on your mind to get you to look into this so that you can be saved. Don't just assume that you're already saved. That's a dangerous thing for us to assume we're already right. So I thank God for you guys. At this time, I'll pass it back over to the hands of Melvin. I thank you guys. Yeah, thank you, uh, Minister Banks. Good message as always. And I do pray that everybody gets something out of it. Everybody can take, if not the whole thing, then just a piece of it and apply it to their lifestyle. And um, I find myself in each one of these messages, but especially the past two, you know, last week uh, we talked about not taking things for granted. And um, I remember having the um, this story. Um, I told you guys that I did Uber and I picked up this guy who said he was just in a really bad accident. Uh, one minute he was looking down and the next minute he was in the back of a police group 
police car. The police car was parked on the highway in the slow lane, it's not on the me- median, not on the shoulder, but on the lane. And um, there was nobody in it. And he ended up surviving. Um, he had a broken ankle or leg and really messed up hand. But just two days later, my wife and I were involved in a, a pretty bad car accident. You know, we were just sitting at a red light and somebody perpendicular to us ran the red light. And somebody coming from the opposite side and oncoming traffic tried to avoid the car that ran the red light and came twirling towards us. Um, life is precious and it's fragile and it can be taken from you at any moment. Um, our lives would have definitely been taken from us and it happens all so quickly. Um, Jesus said he'll become coming back in a twinkling of an eye. Just, um, just think about a blink of an eye, snap of a finger. It's so quick. Um, I, we were looking down, we were talking about something and I looked up. And all I saw were the headlights spinning, coming towards us. And before my brain could even process, oh, man, we're about to get hit. We were knocked over (laughs) into the next lane. Um, We were either the second or the third car waiting at the red light in the turning lane. So we were in the perfect position for this car to be hit. Um, I remember Tony mentioning something um, in our Zoom Bible study on Monday about removing every weight. So, I mean, if that car was a weight to me, then I'm, I'm thankful that God, you know, took that away. I don't know if it was or not, but my mind, I have to think, oh, he could have prevented something worse from happening. So I'm glad that he, he spared, uh, he spared us. And as far as the guy that hit us, his truck flipped over. I'm sure it flipped over multiple times, but it ended up being on its side. And the guy was an older guy in his late 50s. He was trapped underneath it in between the ground and his truck. This was a big Toyota, either Tundra or Tacoma. It it was dark at night. I couldn't tell. And they had to cut the roof to get him. As far as I know, he survived as well. So, I mean, I just thank the Lord for, you know, sparing us. Um, My life, the guy that hit us, my wife, and as far as our unborn child, because even if we survived and something happened to our child, I don't know what I would do. So, I thank the Lord for that. You know, I I looked up the accident to see if it appeared on any, you know, articles or anything. And all I could see was one dead in accident on University Boulevard, two dies in a fatal, two died in a fatal crash. And these wrecks, looking at the picture, were not as half as bad as ours, but yet we survived. You know, I would say without any scratches, but we got a few scratches. And, and soreness and bruises, but, you know, I'm grateful for it all. I don't know what what the reason behind it is, but I, I'm just grateful for another chance to be here. If that was a weight, then I thank the Lord that it is removed because I don't want anything hindering me from doing his will, his calling on my life, and his calling on my wife's life and our unborn child as well. So I'm just super grateful. And I don't think we have any... Other comments. Um, Jeremy says, we praise a God that gives and taketh away. That is definitely true. Um, let's see. If you can if you can hear us, can you leave a quick comment? Casey says the sound went out. 
So let me. Uh, Bridget says, I thank the Lord you and your family and the other driver was spared. So it might just be you, Casey. Um, So um, take your volume there. But thank you, Bridget. Um, Definitely. Because so many people lose their lives over any little thing. And that if you could see that car, you probably wouldn't think that the people in there survived it. It was it was pretty bad, but um, you know, I thank God every every day for that. You know, that's that's good because um, you know people need to hear these testimonies um, because there are so many of us because we did it at one point or another. We've taken for granted the things that we have, and you know, being put in a situation where you see your life flash before your eyes and. You know, you you really don't even have time to do anything, to say anything. You don't even have time to, you know, make a sound. You know, it it just happens so fast. So it's like, imagine how, you know, that is how quickly our opportunity to be saved can be taken away from us. You know, just that fast. Before, you know, we, we have an opportunity to say a word. So we really need to cherish these chances that God has given us, this open door that he's given us um, before it's too late. But if we continue to go around and, you know, use our youth as an excuse or even use our old age as an excuse, you know, you can't teach a, uh, an old dog new tricks, you know. People are using an excuse one way or the other. The scripture told us in one place um, how the king invited people to the marriage, same, same principle. But at one consent, they all began to make excuse. So we got to be careful making excuses for everything in life. You know, we just have to find a way to make this happen. God wants you to be saved. And God knows I want you to be saved also. So thank you for that testimony, Mel. Uh, that's definitely true. Um, I, I cannot count how many people have died without even realizing what happened. Because if that would have been our last night, this Saturday night, you know, we, we, we did not have time to make a sound. We didn't have time for our brain to process what happened. So I'm just exceeding, exceedingly grateful. You know, it, it's so easy to have that attitude of why me? You know, why us? Uh, we seem to be in the perfect position to be hit by this person, which technically it wasn't even really his fault because he was trying to avoid someone else that was being impatient. And ran the red light. So, you know, why us? It's so easy to have that attitude, but we need to flip that around to thank you, Lord, for sparing me throughout this because not everybody gets this chance. You know, it's high time to wake up, awake out of our sleep, be baptized in the name of Jesus, get the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence for speaking in tongues. You know, Tony brought up sports earlier. And, um, you know, I, I like basketball. And there is something that they call your championship window. You know, you have the perfect set of players and the perfect scenario. Maybe this team is hurt. That's a little bit better than you. And you have this year and maybe next year to win a championship. And once that window is closed, oh, you have to wait, you know, maybe a decade or so. But what the difference is once your window is closed and God, you do not have another chance. So um, uh, Paul, I believe, he said Jesus could come back at any time. And this was 
2,000 plus years ago. So how much more prevalent, relevant is it is to, is it today? So um, that's all I have to add. I don't think we have any more comments. Uh, thank you for the people that said that they can hear. Uh, we do appreciate the comments. Uh, thank you, Kiara, Casey, Sister Rosie, Jeremy, Bridget, Carlton, and my wife, Sydney. Thank you guys so much for leaving a comment. As always, if you have any questions, our inboxes are always open. As my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm, no matter what your earthly situation is looking like. If God can bring you to it, he will definitely bring you through it. Just learn to trust him. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming hey. straight. What you got? I, I didn't want to stop you because <laughs> you, you, you were going good. But I, I did want to say one thing. Just, just thinking about that testimony that you gave, um, and th there's so many situations and, and teaching moments that God allows us to see. But I was thinking about how you mentioned patience. You, you mentioned someone was being impatient. You know, there's a reason Jesus told us in your patience, you can save yourself. You know, you can save yourself from a lot of problems. People often wonder, you know, why do we need to study these scriptures? What do they have to do with anything? He's trying to help us have a better life here. So sometimes if we're patient, that sometimes we can't, you know, that when you guys were in that situation and y'all couldn't change that, you know, that, that was something that unfortunately happened. But removing yourself from that situation now now we can see how in life sometimes or all the time really i need to be more patient you know whether i'm in traffic whether i'm you know talking with someone sometimes we're impatient we want to hurry up and shut the other person up we want to hurry up and every situation it pays off to be patient every situation we can help ourselves but, of course, we know as people, we're very impatient people. So I, I, quickly, I just want to say, you know, that that's that's one thing for sure that we can learn is to be more patient, you know, for sure. For all of us, not not you guys specifically, for all of us to be patient. You know, I, I even almost had an accident one time. And the reason it happened was because I was being impatient. And then afterward, I'm like, why was I doing that to begin with? You know, what was I thinking? So, you know, I, I thank God uh, for the, the things that he allows us to see through the situations he allows us to go in. And he spares our lives, spares the lives of those that we care and love. And so I thank God for him just being a good God. I thank God he didn't close the door upon us because, you know, we could have been lost a long time ago. So I thank God for that. So that, that's all I want to say. Thank you. Yes, very um, wise words. Patience, I, I can still get better in that area. I mean, even just this year, I could have caused quite a few accidents. I mean, on my hand, you know, trying to get to this place in time, you know, doing Uber and Lyft, they give you a certain amount of time. But I mean, none of that is as important as a life. So, I mean, even with patience, I contend 
to get better. Um, it's definitely a reason why he says, and um, your patience possess ye your soul. So we need to get over in the church before it's too late. You know, just like with Noah and the ark, it's the same thing today. The doors of the church are open. It's, it's more than just making a confession with your mouth. You have to do more. You know, they didn't, those 3,000 souls in the second chapter of the book of Acts didn't get added to the church because they said, oh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. No, they went down in the water. They got the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And it's and it sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. Just like in, in Genesis, people have never heard of water falling from the sky. But it's the foolish messages. The foolish things confound the wise. The weak things confound the strong. So let me um, check one more time to see if we have any more comments. And it doesn't look like it. So thank you guys again for the interaction. And I'll say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. And again, count it all joy no matter what your earthly situation looks like. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. You guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.